Hey, thanks for listening to Unleashing Kingdom Voices. Join me or a guest as we unlock some secrets to AI, to personal development, to finding your voice. Join us now as we help you unleash your voice. Hey, welcome. It's the Kingdom Mentor Academy, and I am so glad you are here. The Kingdom Mentor Academy, I'm Teresa Croft, and you know what we do. We talk about our voice, but really we talk about our identity. All right, brace yourself for two reasons. One, I've got fire in the house. And two, let's see how the Lord leads us because we're going to talk about messes in marriage. Can you please help me welcome Allison, Pastor Allison Bramlett. Allison, I got to tell you, right when I saw your picture on your about page and you had high top Nike airs, I'm like, this is my girl. Hey, low tops today. Just so okay. I see that's my brand. So I got to tell you all how I met Allison. I feel like she's just the dearest of dear friends. Allison was asked to be a part of a Wednesday leader meeting that Girl Power Alliance had only for their ambassadors. It's like a select group. And Michelle Schaefer, who's the CEO, I interviewed her last week. You can check her out. She was the first time she did not hear a speaker. She took the word of, I think it was Allison's friend from California and said, okay, let her loose. Afterwards, after that hour, if we could have seen most of the ladies, they were like, that's just what I needed. Fire came to the house. So Allison, it is so awesome to meet you and see you. I did meet you. I went three hours down to have church you with did. you. I know it's just too far. If it was a little closer, I would go to church every Sunday there. So, Allison, tell tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Actually, I am a pastor in South Georgia in a very small rural town. I'm thankful, believe that the Lord put me here. I would call it my Gosha. And just know that I'm exactly where God's called me to be, which is the best place for you to be. It may not always look like where you think you're supposed to be or thought you would end up, but it's definitely where God wanted me to be. So that's my promised land. And I have been married for 29 years. I have two adult children that are both married. I have three beautiful grandchildren. I have a miracle marriage that I think we're going to talk about today, which means my husband knows this. I believe in fighting for your family, Mm. not with your family. I have a miracle in my marriage that my husband and I were able to stay together. That's not always the case because we actually both decided to fight for it and Mm. it takes for that to work. Mm-hmm. And that that's but the, the truth of everything. I love how you talked about identity. I believe yeah. when you say finding your voice, it is finding your identity. No and doubt. Me, I always say Jesus is my first love and my husband Jeff is my only side piece. So that's, <laughs> that's really so good. And he's a bonus. He's a bonus. He's he's the bonus guy. He's a bonus. He is the bonus guy, but I am, I guess I do some motivational speaking, but Mm -hmm. really to me, that's just pastoring or coaching or whatever you want to call it. It's just maybe saying the same things, but with a little different wording, same message. And so many times people ask me, they say, what is your message? And I believe it's just to love the hell out of people or to love back to life. Amen. And, um, Allison is also a podcaster and an author. I'm going to butt in there because she won't tell you. Yeah, she is a motivational speaker, but love comes out of her words and fires people up. So I really pray. Hey, now, how did now your 
parents, you have a church where your parents are like the senior pastors. You're, how did that all come about? I mean, that's very rare to have a family it is. loving forward at church. Okay, so my parents started their church, well, God's church, I guess, many, many years ago in their home, probably 40 years ago in their home. Wow. Things happened. And, you know, it really is just a faith family. And so I grew up, moved away. We had some different things. They moved away. But I guess we just, I don't feel like it's a job. It's just, it's who we are. We just, mm, you know, we just, we love the Lord and we love people. Yeah. And so that's just what we get to do together. Yeah, you've been here, so I, yeah. I guess I don't know how to explain it other than maybe you have to experience it. Maybe is the best. Yeah. Way to, to I think you have to experience it because you can walk into churches, and I know where I walked in that church, and immediately I felt like I was home. Okay, okay. I didn't know anyone, and then I, I sat like in the back, and all of a sudden I heard Allison's voice, star and jeans and a blazer, which I really wanted to wear. And I'm like, yep, that's my kind of person. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very make yourself at home. We actually, I'll say, welcome to the Covenant Living Room where we laugh, mm-hmm. love, grow along together. Make yourself at home here because, you know, it is family. And yeah. I actually believe what we're doing today. I hope the people listening, I hope that you feel like you're at home and that yeah. you're family. And that's what you're building is a family here. Yes. We share life and we give hope and we encourage each other to know that we all have messes yeah. and that God's not afraid of them, He's not shocked by them. He's not surprised by him and that it's not anything too big that God um, yeah. can't rescue you from, that he can't um, make into a miracle. Yes. And I think so many times that we actually think that we've surprised God or, you know, I think of the story of Abraham and Sarah. And this is before the name change. This is when she was still Sarah, you know, uh-huh. that's the Southern version of her name. And, okay. um, and she was, you know, I, I think it's so many times in the Bible, and I just need to say this to all the women out there. You know, we read the Bible, and I, I'm sure, or maybe if you don't, I would encourage you to. And as I'm reading it, I, it bothers me that when people seek angels, we think of them as like these little fat, cute babies, cupids. And I'm like, every time an angel shows up, it's like, fear not. Do yeah. not be afraid because they're so massive, so strong. And they're here for my behalf to to do what God it's called them to do to work on our behalf mm. messages for me or do things for me and to protect us and take mm-hmm. care of us, which is just pretty cool and that she's hearing these conversations and how amazing that she hears a conversation about her life, about she's going to have a baby and all kind of stuff. And then she goes into a private place and kind of laughs and mocks God because she thinks that just can't even be possible. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we've heard God say things to us and then in our own flesh and in our own mind and own disappointments, maybe the season we're at in our life, we think that's just God in our private. You know, we may act around everybody like, yeah, that can happen. Maybe at a business meeting, you're like, yeah, we're all going to do that. And then we get private and we're like, it don't mm-hmm. happen for them, but that can't happen. Yeah. Maybe for you me. know, it's interesting you met Sarah, though. This is where I want to go because I think you can come up out of the ash of a messy marriage. After she got done laughing, Hebrews 11, verse 11 in the Passion says, Sarah, but Sarah's faith embraced God's miracle working power, even though she was barren, even though she was past the age of childbearing. But check this, her faith rested on the authority of the one who promised. And she tapped into his faithfulness. So you may be in a mess. Yes. But... So we're going to talk about marriages and 
let yours down. Trust verse 11, verse 11 in the Passion. I have a whole series yes. about rest to run. You're resting in the authority of the one who made the promise and you're tapping into his faithfulness means you're acting out with the authority of the one who said. So now there are disappointments. Can I go into a disappointment? Yeah. And then she'll tell you the miracle story of her marriage. Yeah. My disappointment was when I got married, Mm -hmm. I really, we believed we had a mission and a calling, but it was shortly in my marriage, I was wishing my husband would find a small group of men, you know, and just fellowship. But all he said is, I'm married, that's all I need. Now, I can't meet all his needs. No. And there's a there's a terminology like of uh, women need it's a I don't know what the word word is it's like a scientific word we need this word that means bonding to be a better wife <clears throat> I need to spend time with my girlfriends yes summing it up he got me and that's all he needed <clears throat> so it wasn't till I was into the marriage that I realized I was in a mess yeah I didn't have the N word back then okay. And as my 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 marriage went on, <clears throat> there was control. There was a lot of mind stuff, mm-hmm. and my kids saw it. Yeah, and they're like, "But I believed in that Judeo Christian theology. <clears throat> you stay together." Well, you know what? God calls us to heal each other, not kill each other. That's right. Now it took a tragic. Third degree fire burn in October 2021 to February 2022, a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer to June 5th when he passed away. And you would think we'd have some face to face. I'm sorry, honey. No, I just got face to face to a narcissist. I am healed. I am saying this because I have met so many women. Yes. Caught. Now we need a miracle story. Now, This could sound terrible. I could say it because I'm with my friend. Yeah. Allison. I probably could write a book. Yes. I'm glad my husband died. Yeah. Now that may shock some of you, but it's my story. I'm not shaming him. He did the best he could, but what he did not do is my, my prayer was right. He needed to find a small group of men to release the shame. To He had a rough childhood. So am I upset? I live with regret at times. But I've forgiven him, and that's still a process. But I've never felt more freedom. See, he was he was controlling the what was in my DNA. And I was always controlled. But I will say, Allison, listen to this. The last five years of my life, I started to find my voice. I had a Kingdom Mentor Academy. I started a podcast. And I got, I it would just get, uh, this is the what I would get. Oh, man, there's something wrong with your brain. I think you got mental problems. I did not know that I was wrapped. Until he got burned. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the reality of this man That's right. came forth. Now, I don't mean to talk so much. Usually I don't on a podcast. But I want to lay, lay a story because Allison has the testimony. I do have a testimony. I don't, please don't go kill your husband. I don't think it has to be death. I just, God had great grace on me to release me from that. Now, I had to heal. Let me tell you, I went to therapy. 10 weeks. Now she's my best friend and I'm not paying her anymore. You know, so here's just a friend, but, but I had some really good neuroscience therapy, which is all about the brain catching up to the Bible. That's right. Yeah. There's hope though. And there I know Allison, you're gonna have to help me out. Someone may be in the head right now. I know I get, I get the emails and I get texts all the time. Okay. What do I do? 
Well, so I'll, I'll share your story because I think testimony in, in Hebrew means do it again. So we need some. I gave the gore, but I am free. Let's get some testimony. Glory to glory. Well, I love what you're saying, though, because I just want to really put this out there. The Holy Spirit is a person that wants to talk to you and lead mm-hmm. you each individually and he loves you and the Lord knows exactly where you're at. And when you read the word of God, Hmm. every healing in the Bible was done differently. I even look at some of the, like the story of Sarah, which uh, the Lord had me write down before I talked to you today. Yeah. Is what I was going to tell you is even in that later on in like um, chapter 21 of Genesis, the same Sarah that laughed and mocked God, it says that, Hey, I'm laughing now and you can laugh with me at how great God is. Wow. She's laughing and it says we're laughing together with the people around her. And she says, as a woman who had Abraham a son at an old age and is nursing him. And like, you know, like what? Look at how great. And with her friend, like, look, we're all laughing together about this. What that, you know, what I thought would have been this horrible embarrassment. Now I'm laughing with my friends about and I can look back at a time where I would have thought, God, you told me to stay married. Mm. We'll be right back. Meanwhile, check out TeresaCroft.com. Just a short break. Meanwhile, check out TeresaCroft.com. I don't know how I can have a happy marriage and I don't know how I can have joy in my marriage and I don't know how I can have a miracle in my marriage, but I'm going to do what you told me to do because I believe your word is true for my life and I'm going to be obedient to what you've told me to do. Now, I'm not talking about what other people say I should do. I'm not talking about what even someone else or an opinion. I'm talking about my private leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. I'm not saying what a religion would tell you to do. I'm not, I'm talking a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. Led by the Holy Spirit, where I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Allison, you're Jeff's wife and you're called to love him. Now that was, that's what the Lord told me. I don't believe every woman's told that. And I believe that there are women that have been released from their marriages. There's been, you know, so I want to be very careful how I say that. I understand. As much freedom and joy in the release, but it, but it's honoring what God tells them to do. But I believe if they're released, there's a biblical release to it. Yeah. Can I interject something? And, and this was my rock. Allison is talking from a very intimate place with God. I was married all those years, but I still had an intimate place. You did, that's right. my bedrock. Allison is saying the same thing. She's talking to you from a very intimate place with God. If that's something you need to desire, just hang out with God and it will happen. Okay. It was actually, he says, if you'll seek me, mm. you'll find me. So I want to share this with you. Many people get saved and they have like a salvation relationship with the Lord, but an intimate relationship with the Lord is up to you. That's not up to God. Wow. Salvation you can't get. He only so gives. Good. You have to believe. But intimacy with God, you set the standard for. It's kind of like when you're dating a guy I decided how far we took it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that was kind of the girl's job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As the bride of Christ, I kind of decide how intimate I want to go with him. And James four eight says, "Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you." And so, for intimacy with the Lord, I, you know, I, I can be as intimate with Him as I want to be. So I needed intimacy with the Lord to hear what I needed to do. So I drew nigh, and I heard Him say. And so for me, I had some moments there where I thought, "Okay, God, I'm staying," but 
almost that mocking laugh, like, let's see if I can have a marriage again. <laughs> you know, like, okay, let's see. And today I do, which is the miracle that I can laugh about things um, that at one time I would have never laughed about. And to me, what's amazing is when you read in Hebrews 11, 11, which you're talking about. Yeah. I think about the story of Sarah, who um, the majority of her life doubted God, ruined another woman's life by doing things her own way instead of God's way. So you may have even messed up other people's lives. Right. <laughs> Not only may your life be messed up, you may have messed up someone else's too. <laughs> and she's still a hero of faith. Wow. And that just helps me. Yeah. They've done all that. Yeah. And I just want to give hope in that. But so back to my marriage stories in that I just started seeking the Lord. And I believe that God will tell you, he will lead you. And then he will confirm everything God does. He confirms in his word. If someone tells you something and it's not what the word of God says, then it's not God. Right. Because he is the word. And it has to line up with that. It can't just be something you think thought someone else said, I believe it has to line up with the word of God. It has to confirm something that you feel on the inside of you that brings you peace. It, it will, There's a compass of peace on the inside of you. If it brings fear, that ain't God. God does not give you a spirit of fear. That's something different. So it has to bring peace. That doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't eliminate pain. Right. It does not eliminate pain. You right. can have pain and peace at the same time. You yes. did. Yes. Am I correct? I, yeah. And I think it came down to something that hit me recently. The difference between just existing and living your life out loud and full yeah. and free. And I realized I, the, I deal with regret and I have to, I take it to the cross. I, I even get therapy on it because of, of the regret of where I wasn't living. I was just living. I was just existing because the control was so intense I didn't know what to do with it. Now, when he was working, I had some freedom. And it was like my kids had this cue when they heard their dad's truck. They'd say, Mom, Dad's home. Boom, I'd slam the computer down and go out and meet him like I was. <laughs> no, <laughs> your behavior changed because you knew that the narcissist was home. And, <laughs> and I didn't even have that word, but yes. And everything. Then I realized I was I'm doing sorry, things. I just like, probably said yeah, that. I was that was. Doing everything in deceit. I was after I retired from radio, I really went into, you know, studying marketing and everything. But I tell you, I knew I had a war on my voice, though. I was the sixth year in my career at a radio audience, and the war began. I got married. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go figure. But I didn't, I really wish because there was a control, I didn't have fellowship. I really wish the regret I have is I wish I would have took responsibility and wised up and didn't realize how much. And I have regret for my children because they saw it and they got out of the house as fast as they can. Praise God. They love me. They tell me they need a mom in their life when before I was cut off from my kids. So well, Allison, you, you had that bedrock of faith to make a very big decision. But what if someone says, well, this is scary. Do you know how mean my husband, this, this trying to get a divorce, which I feel like God's told me, but because I'm scared and I don't have peace, does that mean I don't get a divorce? So here's the thing. A lot of times just fear. I don't believe the Lord ever wants you to be in an unsafe place. 
Thank you. So I believe that when those things are happening, the Lord is a, he is our strong tower and the righteous run to him and they are safe. So I don't believe that you or your children should ever be in a place where that you have to live afraid. Okay. And that they should have to hide and that they should, that they're, that you're in harm's way. I don't believe that there should be where you're being mistreated. Okay. Or harmed. I'll just be, I don't believe that that's God's best. So I'm not saying that divorce is always the answer, but I don't think that you should, I believe that you may need a time of separation to get godly counsel. I believe though that there are ways to get out and you may need to have an escape route and have so, and you need to do it in a safe way yeah. so that you and your children are protected because right. we don't want you to be harmed in doing those things. And just like David in the in the word of God, you know, it says that the Lord, he he tells us how to get out of things. He is the God of the breakthrough. Yes. He can show you how to get a breakthrough even out of situations. And there was a time where the Lord had delivered him and he'd killed this great army. And they set up again. So here's what I want you to know. The enemy never takes a break. So right when you win a battle, don't think that there's going to yeah. be a time. There's always going to be another battle. It may not be the same one, but it, there's another battle coming. That's just life. Yeah. It's coming good. in a different way. And what I love is he didn't attack the enemy the exact same way. He again inquired of the Lord. You always have to inquire of the Lord. Lord, how do I go against this battle? Yeah. He to his private place and he said, okay, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, hey, I want you to go around this way. And when you hear the rushing of the mulberry bushes, then I want you to go in so that you get this way. I believe if you will inquire the Lord, he will show you your way of escape. Yes. He'll give you wisdom. He'll show you the mighty men that are supposed to go with you, the people that are surround yourself with. And we believe that there are ways to do that. I also think that you can't be foolish. You have to know and get godly counsel. You cannot just share your, I don't believe in sharing your dreams or all your secrets with everyone either. And that's for anything. That's not even for sure. this type of thing. I think that's for even God visions. Yeah. Because not everyone can handle those things. I'm saying even your business dreams, your yeah. job. I mean, there's some, when I told, I didn't tell everybody I wanted to write a book when I was writing a book because people, yeah. were like, you write a book about it. I, like, I mean. Yeah, that's some good advice. I will say, can I say this? I got to a point where I needed to escape. Okay. I got godly counsel before because I was living in a different state. They said, be careful. He could call an Amber Alert on you. Yeah. I couldn't stand, stay a weekend and live a lie. So the only place I was in Louisiana, do you know you have to be black and blue to get a place of refuge? I've, the grace of God got me a place of refuge for the weekend. So by Monday, I could, I could escape. That was all good counsel. Yes. There was a time. But do you know, I had wrong counsel after that. He was doing the narcissist thing, winning me back. And I had wrong counsel that I needed more time, even though my kids were hard to handle. They were, they were young, but they, they were trying to play both sides, but I was put pressure on this pastor that I need to get back with him without the wisdom of like, I'm okay with this. I'm just sharing what Allison said, get the right counsel. Rachel asks, how can a Christian woman manage narcissism in a marriage? Should she stay or should she go? Great question. I'm glad I'm glad you're brave enough to answer that. Now, I'll share this with you. I have seen men. So, okay, we've been talking about you started off sharing your own mental healing. Can I share the emotional mental healing? I've had some. Okay, I do believe. 
through right help that the brain can be healed. Even a narcissistic brain can be healed. I believe that. that God can do that. So I believe that if a narcissist or a bipolar personality or whatever it is, through the help of um, the right type of therapy and counseling, I believe that the mind can be healed by the transformation of the word of God. Just like it says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Well, that's just being bipolar <laughs> in a sense. And I believe that God can heal that because he, he can renew your mind. So I believe that that can happen. But there has to be a willing heart. First, there must be a willing heart. So I believe that there's a willing heart. That doesn't mean that you don't have good or bad days. I'm menopausal now. I, my husband has, I've got good or bad days myself right now sometimes. Yeah. I mean, not with our marriage like that. I'm talking just life. Life. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I do think we have to have and the allowance for each other to have a good or bad day. But I'm not talking psych, cyclical behaviors. Yes. Broken. Let me say this. Is that a fair way to? Yeah, that's a very good way. And, you know, bottom line, they have to want help. They have to and want they, help. They can spin it, but they're going to get help. But. But they have to be consistent in it, and you yeah, have to. It's tough. It's a diet. I saw. I watched a story of a of a man who was in ministry who who put himself in the public and saying, "I know I had this problem, so keep me accountable." And I, I just haven't seen too many positive. I'm so sorry to say that I have not seen no, it, too it, many. because they're locked in shame. It's that they're doing the best they can. I always say, my husband's. I mean, charismatic. I had the gifts, they're revocable, all the gifts, but they, but no one saw behind doors. It does truly take, though, like you said, an accountability group. Yeah. It's why Weight Watchers works. And then it's why we gain weight when we quit going. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that works for anything in our life. So I believe if someone is willing to really work a program of any kind, I believe that you need to normally try it. Um, I believe in giving the opportunity for people to get help. But I believe when someone does not see that there's anything wrong with them and they're not willing and everything's always your fault and there's no willing, if there's not a, 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 um, a willing heart at all, I think that's when you have to really go sit down with someone and have a very like yeah conversation to say, I don't know where this is going. And that may be where you're saying, I don't know that I even want a divorce, but I know at this point, right. Yeah. I think there needs to be a true separation. And then you seek the Lord and you're not looking for another relationship. You're just seeking the Lord. Right. And then I would even pray during that time, Lord, I pray that in this time of separation, that their heart would turn towards you, mm. that they would get the help that they need, that I'm not doing this as a punishment, but I'm yeah. asking you that during this time that they find you and that I'm not there to, to meet their needs. And I, that there's the codependency that we've had on each other, that that's being broken and that Lord, I am dependent on you because we are supposed to be codependent on Jesus and they right. need to be codependent on Jesus so that right. then we can co-labor together. People yeah. aren't supposed to be codependent on each other. We're supposed to co-labor in the kingdom right. and only be codependent on the Lord. Another listener says, I th and I, I, I tend to believe this. Yes. Uh, I believe narcissists need deliverance. If they don't want therapy, what then? And I, I kind of believe in that. You can be right. a Christian and you can still have some demons that need to be exercised. You know. So, hey, can I say this for the sake of my husband? Yes. It made me mad, but I dealt with it. 
five months after he died, my son-in-law said, oh, Dave wrote me a transcribe. I transcribed a letter of Dave's to you. I'm like, okay. And Dave, I'm, I'm glad before he met Jesus, he confessed. I wish he would have done some of that face-to-face, but I, didn't, I do not need validated. He proceeded to write this letter and, and ask for my forgiveness. I was jealous of you. You were a godly Christian woman. I spat all foul words at you, yada, yada. And he, three times, and he said, I, this is the key. I thought I had it all together. But looking at my five kids, two of mine, I realized I was just fooling myself. I'm going to say that just to say, I am so glad because he loved God. No doubt about it. I'm so glad when he meets Jesus or he has, he's like, okay, I came clear. (laughs) Maybe not face to face, but I came clear. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. But I I was freaking mad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I took November and December and I, I wallowed in gin seltzers. And then around January, I realized for my neural pathways, I needed just cold turkey stop drinking and I did and then a couple months later God brought me the most amazing neurocycle facilitator in Alana Deventer find her on Instagram and she worked with me uh, Allison week after week I mean we're talking two hours week after week reconstructing the bad memories getting the trauma out you know, yeah. the tra- trauma for me I, I thought I was doing pretty good you know thanks god praise god but i didn't realize the trauma that was lodged in there and what how it did to me i had watery eyes and lethargy i would be a substitute teacher and i'm like in the midst of pe and i'm trying not to fall asleep yeah. that's how it can hit you as depression as problems with your digestive system so i guess i just wanted to say that i mean no. not ashamed that i'm not ashamed of my marriage i that there were times where i thought man i should just hit that. would someone have helped me but he wouldn't let me the last time i went to lunch with coffee at starbucks with my best friend he came with me that's not listen guys your wife will be a better wife if you let her have times with her girlfriends, Ox, oxytocin, oxytocin is the word. It's a bonding neural thing. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I got a little going there. Thank you for no, it. I, I, I do think, though, what we were talking about, though, earlier is I do believe that there is deliverance. Amen. Read my book. Yes. Uh, there's some of that in it, just to let you know. Can you please just tell them the name of it? Because it doesn't no, pull punches. No, don't take it personally. Real love knocks the hell out of you. Boxing the hell out of you. But it so. does talk about strongholds and how you can know when something has like a, a pull on you. Because I believe when you, um, I believe the spirit leads you and the enemy drives you. And when you feel mm. like you're driven to do something and I really when you deal with someone they feel like I had to say that I had to do that I had to eat that I had you know your had to's are normally those impulsive things that you feel like you can't stop I believe a lot of times that's from a stronghold and different things and that's in there and so I do believe in deliverance also and but I do even believe though once you're delivered from something I believe that normally it's a trauma or different things that have happened yes. to you that can open up familiar doors so that those things can revisit. Yes. And you have to realize how do I stop those things from happening over and over again? I think that's where really good Christian therapy or like yeah. the that you're that goes in to kind of dig out the root system of what went on so that we can plant the right stuff back into those areas and we can process those things through the word of God, taking every thought captive, 
every thought captive, putting it under Christ. And I think if you don't put it under Christ, it'll get over you. And so I have to put it under him so I can get over it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way I look at it. And so I had to put it under him and say, is this what is this how the Lord would have think about it? Is this what Jesus would do with this thought? And that word captive is to put it at like a spear point to imprison it. And then I would say, can I have this thought about Jeff? Can I have this thought about myself? And because a lot of times in those situations, you have to say, when someone's saying things about you, and it could have been from your childhood, you know, it could have been from peers. It could have been someone saying you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you don't belong, you're a whore, you're, I mean, mean, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm just. Right. No, it happens. Life. Saying th- or you're well, that's not true because that's not what God says about you. That's mm-hmm. a lie. I don't care. Or maybe you look in the mirror and you say that about yourself because that's something you've believed or you've heard a whisper. That's not who you are. You're a daughter of the king, you're a son mm-hmm. of the king, you're anointed, you're called for such a time as this. Your voice matters, you're needed, you're appointed, you're above and not beneath. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're strong, you're courageous, you're bold, you're beautiful. You're a child of God. I mean, th- those are the things that yeah. you have to say about yourself. So you have to say, what is the truth of who I am? You have to get it. That's its identity. And yes. that's you have to, and you have to take those thoughts captive, hold them and say, is that really who I am? Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, and you filter it. And then also mm-hmm. when it comes to living with someone and let's say some, you're saying, Hey, I'm about to go grab a cup of coffee or I'm going to run through town, me and the kids, and we're going to go through McDonald's. And they're like, oh, you're not allowed to go to McDonald's. They start this wild behavior, and you can look at them and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that because God doesn't talk to me like that. And I I love you, and I want our marriage to work, or I want our friendship to work, but you're not going to mistreat me like that. That's not allowed here. So if you want to call our therapist, if you want to call our pastor, (laughs) if you want to call your buddies and talk to them like that, that's fine. But I'm not going to stay in this house and have you talk to me that way. Or either I'm going to go stay with someone else because that's not how we talk to each other. That, that's really good. Strong boundary lines. Boundaries are God things. God made boundaries. I'll tell you the first boundary. You know, it's amazing. Really big waves that are really strong and look really angry. They blow up and all. But little bitty sand says go back, 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 back. So it may get to come up for a little while. But at some point it's going back, 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 back. So, you know, you have to. I'm not saying the wave doesn't crash every now and then, but at some point it has to, it has to succeed. I, I, appreci- I appreciate the safety to talk to you and share with, that didn't work for me. If I no, told no, you. It with everyone. That's you know, what, you know what he would do? It's a, oh, you can't tell me how I can talk. <laughs> I just wanted to put that in there. But no, I appreciate the safety, the word of God that's coming out of you. Because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to throw up. I'm just giving you, oh, I can relate to Teresa. But then listen to what Allison is saying. She went through a rough patch in her marriage. So it's not like she's got no, any it, roses, okay? It's, it's both ways. It's when you've had a bad marriage and you fought and someone's broken trust and you're cussing each other out and you're throwing stuff in front of the children. You have to have guardrails to say we can be angry. We can dislike what we've done, but we can abuse each other here. We can have heart-to-heart conversations. We can have hard conversations, but we can't hurt each other. But there's another thing when you're living with an abuser and you have to make escape routes. I mean, there's different. Very well said. And and I, I think we're hitting on all those and whoever's listening, you may, there's another one when you're just 
abusing yeah. each other verbally that you've got to say, hey, this is unacceptable behavior in our home. And then you're wondering why your kids are cussing their friends out and you're getting on to them about their language. And you're like, hey, that's how mom and dad taught each other in the front seat. Let's let's make some boundaries here. Can I talk about safe ways to escape? I have a really good friend who's 35 years a psychologist. She's retired. She dealt yeah. with this all the time and she would advise them have things hidden, have a diaper bag hidden, have it. And you know what? I did that. I had little bags hidden all over. And then I didn't tell my kids. I I put them, I was going to get my son from school. So I put them all in the back and I had my computer. I thought, this is, and my Mm -hmm. Nana looked at me. She goes, what are you doing? You know, because she was so in her own world. Thank you, Jesus. She didn't realize I was packing. I said, well, I think maybe I need to get it checked out. So then I put it in the, in the back, got my son. I took her phone away and put it under my feet. And we got down the highway and I was going to a battered woman's shelter just for a place. He didn't hit me. This was all emotional. And I'll never forget it. I got halfway there and I looked at that, my kids and I said, you guys were escaping. Uh, and I never forget my son. Who's going to feed us? You don't have any money. I mean, I got the trauma of my kids reaction to the trauma of escaping just uh, find someone who can help you with that. There are, there are churches. I know are there? different stuff that, you know, I, that will give you battered women, home shelters, numbers that like, I know that don't know the locations of where they're at. Good. So these locations are so private that if someone goes, there's no one that can tell them where they're at. They're, they're, they're safe. It needs to be that way. And he that, found me. Yeah, but they, they should be their safe places. Yeah. And they need to be. That's that's what's important is and there needs to be a, a place where that. And I also believe that this is where you you there are times that we need to call and counselors. But I do agree with the hidden bags. And when you have twenty dollars and I have people that I've known over the years that, you know, they get twenty dollars and they think they're going to buy coffee, but they buy four. They buy a two dollar coffee, and you keep eighteen, and you do that over and over and over again for a little while because you're 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 preparing for a time when you've had enough. Because honestly, it's it's because it's hard when someone's saying they're sorry and you actually really love them. And mm-hmm. a lot, I think of this all the time. You know, it's just like the words beautiful or excellent or love. And I, I, I do want to say this because I do believe that sometimes when someone tells you they love you, they love you the best they know how. But they don't love you the way God wanted them to love right. you because right. they have not experienced God's love. And until you've experienced God's unconditional love, you can't give God's unconditional love. And I'm not talking, you know, there's people that may know who God is just like they know who George Washington is and they can answer all the right questions. But if you don't have an unconditional relationship with him as your first love, you know him as a history figure, but not as a not as a relationship, not as a not as a covenant relationship with him. And there's a lot of people that have a history relationship with God, but they don't have an intimate relationship with God. And so they will say they love God, but they also say they love cheeseburgers and and. And that's that's honest. And I want to be very careful. And they'll say they love you and they love Georgia football or Tennessee football. And I don't want you to love me the same way you love the football, because I've heard you cuss out the coaches, you know, and so <laughs> maybe they cussed you out, too. And, um, there, there's a lot of that. So, you know, you tell your children that's a beautiful painting. 
And some people think Picasso is beautiful, but sometimes that looks a little weird to me. And so I don't know that I like Picasso. And someone may like Van Gogh. That's beautiful or not. What I'm saying, what's beautiful to someone may not be beautiful to someone else because Mm -hmm. beauty is in the eyes of the beholdable. Love is such a word that we throw around that. So when someone's telling you they love you back, your measure of loving them and their measure of loving you can be two different things. Wow. And so the way you're loving them and the way they're loving you back, you can't always put them think because I love my children and grandchildren mm-hmm. and my grandchildren, they do love me. And when I say I love you and they say, I love you, Gigi, they love me the most that they know how. That's beautiful. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they aren't going to jump in front of a car for me. No, I'm going to jump in front of a car for them. Okay. That's that's good. Exactly. And sometimes when you're in an abusive relationship, you're jumping in front of the car when no one else is. And you've got to decide when you're tired of getting hit. Yeah. And it's up to you when you don't want to get hit anymore. No one else can decide that for you. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to decide. When is enough enough? And and then you also have to know, am I really? Because sometimes all you're doing is it's almost like with any other addiction. Am, am I really helping them or am I just letting them become sicker? And wow. if you really love them, I don't know that staying is always the right thing either. So powerful. you got to decide that, you yeah. know, you want to help them be free too. So God has to lead you in that. And I, mm-hmm. I believe the Lord led me in my walk, yes. but he can lead you in yours too, if you listen. Yeah. Allison uh, went to the deep well in her relationship with God, and she did reconcile with her husband. Yes. She's not afraid to talk about it because God, <laughs> and I'm not afraid, afraid to talk about this because I think my story if anything, Allison, okay, you said you got to have peace. I understand when you're making your escape that it's scary. But I will tell you, when I made my decision up, I had peace. You had more peace of getting out than you did knowing staying. Like there was, like I said, I couldn't wait. I couldn't make through the weekend. I said I can't live alive for two more days. I am out of here, and God arranged it perfectly. He yes. he has a different side to it, and I'm like that's not. But I just let him tell when when he was alive, I would just let him tell his story. And I'm thinking, God, you know the real story. See, I didn't feel like I needed to explain. There were a few people close to me that understood, but very few really knew the story. And like I said, I did not. I got wrong counsel from a pastor after I separated. Mm -hmm. Ironically, it was the same pastor who wouldn't let him go. He kept saying, you're going to make it, Dave. You're going to get healed. And Dave, I think, prolonged his days way too long with the pancreatic cancer. And finally, I got so mad at him, the pastor. I got in my car, drove away, and I said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I believe in miracles, too, but do you see this man? Yeah. He, and it was a terrible, it was an ugly death. I mean, it wasn't lie over in peace and be with Jesus. It was it was drowning and me screaming. One minute I'm crying, one minute I'm screaming. Will you go? You had mummy issues. Go to be with Jesus. I'm just saying this in a safe place, okay? So I'm not saying your husband needs to die to get freedom. Please don't. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, do you see the earnestness of me being controlled? I was 26 years married, three years of dating. And why did not something ring? That's a whole nother story. You know, I I do want to say this. In most relationships, sometimes we don't even really see the real someone until we've married and lived with them. I I, I want to say that a lot. 
the times in, you know, my, my husband's behavior didn't come out till after marriage. And in most yeah. um, addictive behaviors and things like that, it does not start until after you have been in a marriage for a a long period of time I, I, or different things. And maybe not for everyone, but I have seen that as a thing. And so I, I just want to say, though, to whoever's listening today. Yes, yes. I believe God has made us stronger than we know we are. And I believe that we can take a lot more impact than we think and we can be impactful. Yes. I think that, you know, Teresa, I look at you, look at what a great voice you do have, mm. what a miracle you are. And I know what a miracle I am. And I believe everyone listening today, here's the miracle. You're, you've sur- you 100% have survived all your bad days or you wouldn't be listening. Yeah. We have all survived all our bad days or we still wouldn't be here. Yeah. And that's the miracle. Yeah. You now, the thing, though, is I think sometimes you have to quit surviving and start thriving. Mm. And I believe God can show you how to do that because I don't think we're always meant to be survivors. No, it's too hard on you. And I, I don't know when that is meant to happen or change or switch. And, you know, and, and there's times, sometimes you're in a survival moment because you just, well, it's just what has happened. You, you're you're in the throes of it. But there comes a moment where I do believe you get to choose. Do I stay in as a survivor or do I get to walk out and do something? Do I get, you know, yeah. Anyway, I think there's some decisions get to be made. Yeah. But I do believe that there are help. There's help out there, no matter what. There's help to get. There's help um, for restoration. There's help for deliverance. And I believe that those sources are there. I know that Teresa has great resources Mm -hmm. um, on counseling Mm -hmm. and on things, and even probably on women's homes. And I know that there are also. I just really want to encourage because I know that. If you're listening live, if this is a podcast that you're listening to later via whatever platform that you're listening to us by, or if you're that there, there is a group of people that you can come around that you, there are business opportunities, there are voice opportunities, there are ways to be a part where you do not have to stay stuck. Mm. You are not stuck. The lie that that people I think believe is that I am always going to have to be where I'm at. That's the lie. You, you do not always have to stay where you're at. That's the lie. You can go forward. You can move forward. This is not, this is not, this is a sentence. This is a chapter. This is a moment, but this is not the end of the story. This, this is not the end of the story. It is a moment. Mm. And I want to tell you that you can write it better than this. And God wants to continue it and it's going to get better. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Press on and lean into him. And many times the Lord recently has just shown me, you know, so many times people talk about when you crush something, that's when the oil comes out of it. And that's when And so many times if you've been brought up in maybe a spiritual atmosphere, people will talk about it's in the crushing that we really see what comes out of us. And recently I was praying and I heard the Lord say to me, he said, I never meant for you to be crushed. Wow. He said, I never meant, he said, I was crushed and I was mm. so that you wouldn't have to be. He said, the wrath was put on me. He said, that's why I was the wine pressed. I was the one there. And he said, I want you to fall on me. He said, and if you'll fall on me, he said, the oil gets pressed out of me and you just get to get oily by laying on me. So good. Because he, he is the oil of his life on me. 
You know, because if you get lay it on something oily, it just gets on you and then you can't get it off. So I want the enemy where he's told you that you've been crushed. That's the lie. Jesus crushed so that you could just enjoy what he's got for you. So you lay on Jesus, you fall on Jesus and let the oil of his anointing get on your life. And I promise you, God's going to do something big for you. Mm, I that's so good. Thank you. I, I I've been wrecked by this one quote about choosing yeah. to live instead of exist. Yes. And Allison is talking about a way to live and not think you're just crushed all the time. You're not. I appreciate that because I did think, oh, I, you know, my misery is going to determine my destiny. Well, the misery was. Thank you for the freedom to share about. It. Can I read this quote? Yeah, this might, might encourage someone. This is by Erwin McManus. You can find him on Face, on Instagram. If you want to, if you're on U version, go to the devotion called The Arrow. It will bring you life. But the Erwin says, "Your past will be your future until you have the courage to create a new one." Oh, so good. Can I read that again? Okay. Your past will be your future until you have the courage to create a new one. Take every memory that continues to wound you. That many wounds. That continue, take all the pain, all of the regret. Take all the bitterness and disappointment. Take all the moments of betrayal and every failure out of your heart and put them on the fire. Let God burn that. Let your intimate relationship with God bring healing. Mm. Let, let, let's decide I'm not going to just exist. I am going to live, and that might mean i got to take some steps. For you, it may not be leaving your marriage. For you, it might be I need to take care of myself. I need to find ways to help financially my house, my home. Listen to Teresa about Girl Power Alliance or go to my mastermind. God wants you to live, and sometimes you got to take steps. And the biggest step has got to come from that intimate relationship with God. I was spending massive times with God all during my 26 years. But do you know, after he died, it's like I had to have two hours. If I had to be somewhere, I'm like, okay, it wasn't religious. Okay, I got to get up at this time because I need two hours to soak mm-hmm. and listen to worship music and talk to Jesus. And you know, every single day, Jesus talked to me. Jesus, to this day, he's still saying his latest thing is, are you going to step over the line in your faith and start really to believe me? Mm-hmm. That's what Alice and I, our hearts beat and bleed with that relationship with Jesus. As yeah. much as she loves her grandparents or her family, she, that love for Jesus is her anchor. And it can be your anchor. Where do you start? Make a commitment. For me, it's got to be in the morning. <laughs> it might be a night, whatever. God doesn't care. It might be going for a walk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, if, I, I mean, I don't want this to end on messy marriages. I want it to end on triumphs from the messes, a message from the mess. Because who knows? You know, I really believe, Allison, you go through this thing called personal development. You go through healing. I'm so thankful for Alana, my friend, who so gently healed me. Safe place. But I really believe you go through this and your identity lines up. And then you get to serve. Your message gets to serve the person you once were. So I pray our messages are serving yes. the people, the person that Allison used to be. Go yes. read a book. Anyone who says, talk, knock the hell out of you, you know, has got a message for you. It's on Amazon. Allison Brama. Look it up. It's a good book. I read it. So we're just serving the people we once were. 
That's but right. the bottom line is of our identity mm-hmm. is being Jesus. And, you know, can I share this real quick? Because some, some people say, well, what do you really mean, your identity in Christ? I looked at a trellis. You know, there's a trellis. Mm-hmm. And each one of them represents something. So your identity, one trellis is the word of God. The other trellis might be worship. Mm-hmm. The other trellis might be community. Yes, find community. I used to think it's a myth, but you can find it. And then the other trellis is worship. So yeah. you're, you're anchoring and it might be media, the community might be find a good church. Okay. If you got to go to South Georgia, I recommend it. But anyway, but you got to find that, that support system. So you really know your identity. And if you really want a crash course on your identity, read Ephesians, or is it Ephesians or Colossians? Colossians, oh darn, Ephesians 1 and 2 over and over. I actually always say, I like to read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. I call it the Georgia Electric Power Company. I love it. I call it Go Eat Popcorn. <laughs> it's the movie section. Uh, that, you know, serious, we, we love you so much. And we are willing to lay our hearts bare for 52 minutes. I'm sorry, Allison, let me take this much time. No, I'm, I'm thankful. But I, I think it was needed. And I think, Rachel, thank you. Rachel is a surviving single parenting. Let's pray for Rachel. God, I thank you for Rachel. Give her more, Lord. Give her more of your presence. Ah, thank you, Father. She's a surviving soul sister of Allison and myself. Yes, she is. Thank you for those who are. We just lift you up. If you're listening to this recorded on the podcast, hey, God knows no time. Not alone. We speak blessings on you. We speak a wisdom that if it's time to escape, I just feel like that. That's the word. If there's an escape, you'll know your way out. God says way way of escape for the righteous. That's good. He made a way of escape for you. I just feel like we need prayer. Will you pray us out of this, Allison? Lord, we just come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for these listeners. I thank you for those that hear the sound of your voice, our voice, that today they'll know you, they'll hear you, they'll be led by your spirit, Lord. They'll know the word that you're telling them. They'll follow it, Lord. I thank you that they are not alone, that you're directing their steps, that you are their prince of peace, their shalom peace. I thank you, Father, that you're their provision, you're their direction, their comforter, when they may be in a place that they don't know what to do. And I thank you right now, Father, that you are opening the doors that no man can open and shutting the doors that no man um, can shut. So I thank you, Father, that you are leading them right now. I thank you, Father, that those that don't know what decision to make, that you're giving them wisdom and that you are showing them every step to take, that you are directing their paths, that you're just lighting it up right now for them, leading their way, Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that if there's been confusion and they've not known which way to go, that that fog of confusion has to leave and that you right now are making a way, Father, where maybe they did not know what to do, that right now that fog is blowing out. And I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing restoration even to some families and where their children have maybe not even been at rest and there's been some fear fear has to go right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in and bringing such peace to everyone that's listening to you and listening to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Allison. Oh, you have been listening to the Kingdom Mentor podcast. Hey, do us a favor, share this. You know who needed to see it. Rate this podcast because the more we rate and share, and reviews. It's not just for a pat on the back. It's so this word can get to further places. Allison, I love you, sister. I might just have to make a three-hour drive to come visit you and hug your neck. 
I appreciate Gilligan that. Island's a three-hour tour, and we may keep you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you. I'm Teresa Croft. You've been listening to the Kingdom Mentor Podcast. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Unleashing Kingdom Voices Podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to embrace and amplify your unique voice. For more insights, resources, and information about our courses, AI tools, and our incredible guests, visit TeresaCroft.com.